Okay, we are starting from the bottom Mishnah, right at the end of Chav Tes Amad Beis. Uh, so continuing the discussion about candles, the Mishnah says, Let's say somebody puts out a candle on Shabbos, because he wants to go out because he's scared of Gaim around. Maybe there were times in uh, Jewish history when there were people uh, who actually legislated against uh, using fire at home, or there are some bandits around and you don't want them to see them, they were raw person has this uh, some sort of evil spirit that takes him over and he's calmed when they're when it's in the dark or the let's say he's putting it out so that a person who's sick can fall asleep in all these cases potter uh he's exempt and we'll see in the gemara why exactly he's exempt after all you know he's putting on the candle he's putting out the candle so it's a malach on shabbos called kivoy extinguishing so why is he exempt we'll see in the gemara Kassel and air if he if he put out the candle because he's just trying to spare the the lamp meaning it was um it was a type of material that was in danger of cracking. The whole, the whole, the whole lamp was going to crack. So he wants to put it out. He wants to spare the oil. He doesn't want the whole oil to burn down. In those cases, he is chayav. Um, so we'll have to again see in the Gemara what's the difference between the cases. Rabbiosu puts Rabbi Rabbiosu says all these cases are potter. Second, the case uh, where you're trying to make a wick. Uh, where the case you're sparing the wick. Because by doing that, he's making the wick into charcoal. So we'll have to see in the Gemara, what does that mean? Because he's making it into charcoal. In every case, he is making it into charcoal, whatever is left in the way. The question is why he's doing it. So we'll have to see the meaning of Rabiosi uh, further analyzed in the Gemara. So the Gemara now teach, it just jumps into something. Just a little introduction. is that a person is doing the Malacha, but for a different objective than the objective in the Mishkan. Not for the objective in the Malacha itself, but for another reason. So for example, a person were to dig a hole. So that's bonet. They're making a, they're making a hole. But if they're digging a hole just to get out the dirt, not because they want to use the hole, but because they want dirt. So that's called the Malacha Shein Tzuchel The Machlokes, the Machlokes, the Malacha Shein Tzuchel is it's future of Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds Malachos Shein Tzuchel Gufa as Chayav. Rabbi Shimon holds Malachos Shein Tzuchel Gufa as Pater. So in our Mishnah, Mitani Seif Chayav. Then the Mishnah says you're Chayav. You're trying to let's say save the, the the lamp or the oil. So you're doing it. Why are you extinguishing for an ulterior motive, not for the Malacha itself? So Shmamin Rabbi Yehuda. If the Mishnah says you're Chayav, it sounds like we're going like Rabbi Yehuda that the Malacha you're Chayav for the Malacha even if you're not doing it for its for its very objective. So ratio by my sickness. So now let's go over to the ratio. What's the case? If you're putting it out because of a sick person and his life is in danger, or if he can't sleep well, so you're doing it to save lives. So mutter by I shouldn't say you're exempt. You should say it's mutter. Render. Remember, whenever it says putter in Mesach Shabbos, it means putter of a loss. It's awesome to To save someone's life is more than putter. It's mutter. So... If we're talking about a cholish yesh pasakana, should have said mutter. Even cholish yesh pasakana. And if we say the mission is dealing with someone who cholat, that his life was not endangered. If he doesn't sleep well, he will not die. So chayv chatas mi baylos. Then you should be chayv chatas because it's malachos shein tzurchel gufa. But we hold his chayv. We see that way from the end of the mission. So why in the beginning of the mission? Um, is it potter? So the Gemara says, "Lolam cholish yesh pasakana." We have to start talking about a cholish yesh pasakana. But didn't listen mutter. It should say that it's totally mutter. By the Mishnah, say v'chayv, just to provide contrast to the end of the Mishnah, where your mamish chayv, the extreme is not only is forbidden, but your chayv to bring a chatas. If you do it, turn around, Rishon Patzer, that's Rishon Patzer. But the truth is that it um, is totally, 
totally mutter. So it's coming out that the cases, the first cases in the mission, we have to say, the reason you're allowed to do it is to save somebody's life. It's literally dangerous if you would leave the candle, and that's why it's permitted. And uh, it's more than, it's more than really, when, even though the mission said exempt, it's more than it's really mutter, the end of the mission, where there's nothing to do with saving a life, so it's just the fact that it's malachos this town of our mission is malachos and therefore you're liable. So the Gemara says, but we have a price from Rabosha that says, if you're putting it out for a sick person to fall asleep, but you shouldn't, then keep a pot of If you do it, you're exempt, but, you're, but it's still awesome in Darbonan. So what's that price? Clearly, you're talking about someone who doesn't have Sakhanas Nefashas, if it's saying you still shouldn't put it out the fire, and yet it still says that you're potter. So the Gemara says, that price is talking about Sakhana. That's why it's not mutter to put it out. It's only potter. And that price, that price that holds like Rabshin, is potter. Our Mishnah holds like Rabshin, and the permit in the beginning of the Mishnah about Achola was talking about Achola Sheishbaz Fakana. And that was why in the ratio all those cases were mutter. But at the end of the Mishnah, uh, since we have if a person would even be liable for doing any of those things. So now the Gemara goes through it's a bit of a tangent. So a person allowed to put out a candle um, to help a very sick person on the Shabbos. So so again, this it seems like a Shailo Sakonus Nafashos. So so before he actually answered the question. Um, he Tamkum opened up with another with another discussion, and he and he, he he almost like pretends he's Shlomo Amalek and says, "I'm Shlomo, you're Shlomo. Where's your where's your is it really true? You're so wise, Shlomo. Where's your wisdom? Where's your great understanding? Not only do the things you say contradict the things that your father David says, but the things that it says that you say contradict one another." And Rav Tanakh explains what he's talking about. It says that the dead people can't praise Hashem, so it sounds like the, someone who's alive is greater than someone who's dead. But in the book of Kohelas, what does is, what is, what is Shlomo say? I praise the dead who have already died. It sounds like the dead are better than the living. And further, so that's first of all, it's a contradiction to David. Second of all, you contradict yourself because you, you also say, So the live dog is better than a dead lion. Seemingly, the possible is trying to say the live is better than the dead. So it's a contradiction in the Psukim, what you say. So the Gemara says, Lo kash, there's no difficulty. That which David had said, that the Lo this is what David was talking about. A person should always try to do as much, study as much Torah and do many mitzvahs before he dies. Because once he dies, then he won't be able to um, be nullified, right? He won't be able to fulfill any more Torah mitzvahs. Hashem won't be able to have prana from him. So it's not like a, a declaration who's better, a live person or a dead person, but it's saying that that a person should avail themselves every opportunity to, 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 to do Torah mitzvahs in this world because, because after they die, it's too late. I don't know Rabbi Yochanan is, but the Gemara just you know, elaborates on this. This is Rabbi Yochanan said, right? Here this says, I'm counted among the dead who are free. So it sounds like dead people are free. So what does it mean they're free? Once a person dies, he's free of Torah mitzvahs. He can't do it anymore. Um, so now that's what that's what Lomizim Alukas. So now we understand why Shlomo is not is not saying something as a contradiction because how to come Shlomo when Shlomo said that he praises the dead who have already died. So what was his point? His point was that if if a person lived a life of tzitkus and then they die, that they have more power when they're dead than when they're alive. In what sense? 
He was davening so many tefillos in front of Hakadosh Baruch that the Jews be saved. But Moshe was an answer. When Moshe said, he invoked the mercy of the dead. Suddenly he was answered, and Hashem said it was fine. So Shlomo said, "Good." When he said, "So in other words, the point Shlomo was making is that." A tzaddikim have more zchos, they have more merit, to, they have more power to save people um, when they're dead than when they are alive. That's not a contradiction, but chalal, to what David's point that a person should try to do Torah and mitzvahs while they're alive. The way the world is that when a, when a person of flesh and blood makes it's a suffix, maybe people will fulfill they might not. Even if they do do it, they may do it only when the rulers are alive. So once he's dead, no one's going to listen to what he said anymore. But Moshe made so many decrees. He made all these takanos. He taught us all the Torah, right? The kamas in they're eternally, they're eternally, they're around. So what's the point of the way he's saying is that you see that the uh, like the past leaders like Moshe have so much more greater power over the people who are alive today. Moshe's decrees are still are still being done even though he's thousands of years after he's already dead. But the people who are still who are alive today, they make they make they make decrees and even when they're alive, people aren't really listening so well. So that's a whole different point what Shlomo Amelach was trying to say. Zavar third point, Shabbat that I praise the dead more because I read the Marav, so I read the Marav, and I read the Marav and Siv. He for do a sign for me. Davar Amal says, do a sign for me so that my enemies will see it and they will, um, they'll be embarrassed. So what's the time? David said to Hashem, and the context here of the story is after he he fell with the sin with Bathsheba. So David said to Hashem, please forgive me. Hashem said, you're no problem. You're forgiven. David said more. Give me a sign that will prove. To everybody that I've been forgiven. So Hashem said, During while you're alive, I'm not going to tell anybody that I've uh, forgiven you. But during Shlomo's life, after you're dead, then I'll show people. What was the story? So he wanted to bring the Aaron into the Kadosh Hakadoshim. The gates. That the Kodesh Hakadoshim stuck and they wouldn't be able to be open. So Amar Shlomo asked Rabbanu Rosh Shlomo said twenty four different songs of praises. Tachol Zrofel Nena. He still wasn't answered. The gates were closed. Pasuk for Amar. He then started the pasuk. He said, "Pick up, pick up your head. The gates and be uplifted, so that the Malachakavod can come in." So So the gates tried to swallow up Shlomo for saying that because I mean, who's Malachakavod? Who are you talking about? Are you talking about yourself? You say, "Open up the gates so that the King of Glory should come in." Are you talking about yourself in third person? So no, Hashem is a gibor. I'm talking about Hashem. Went back and he said more. He repeated himself. The gate should open. Even after that, Shlomo wasn't answered. The gates refused to answer. But then he davened in the schus of David. As soon as he davened in the schus of David, 
Shlomo was answered and the gates opened. At that time, the faces of Dovid's enemies turned dark because they were embarrassed, like the bottom of a pot that turns black. So Avonim was known to everybody, the whole nation, that Hashem had forgiven David for his sin. Right, so we clearly see the power of the dead, right? That, that Hashem forgave, showed everyone they forgave David, Davka, when David was dead, not when he was alive. That's the meaning of Shlomo. Right, Shlomo said, Now we find such a, such a point where this story is referenced in Shlomo's own words. It says, on the eighth day, So this is after... The, the festivities of the inauguration of the, of the base of Mikdash, it says the eighth day he sent the people away, they blessed the king, they went back to their tents, they were happy, joyous. For all the goodness Hashem did for David, his servant, and for the Jewish people. So now the Gemara explains what, what each point here is. That the people went back to their tents, they found that when they came back home, their wives were not needless. They were happy. They already they had a delight by being around the Shechina. They were, they were happy in their hearts. It means that they came home, so everyone's wives conceived from, them, from right away, and they all had baby boys. For all the good Hashem did for David, because it was clear there in that situation that Hashem had forgiven David for the sin. All the good he did for the Jewish people, he had forgiven them for the sin of Yom Kippur. That year, they didn't fast on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was nitre because of the festivities of the inauguration for the base of Mikdash. So they were people who were a little bit insecure. Did we do the right thing? Did we do the wrong thing by not fasting that year? And Hashem gave them a sign that um, that they had done the right thing. Okay. Now, what was, okay, so now we've, we've resolved why, why David's statement, was not a contradiction to Shlomo's statement of So now, what about the other thing that Shlomo said? The other passage that Shlomo said, that a live dog is better than a dead lion. It's a reference to a specific story. It says in Tehillim that David, David, Tell me my end. Tell me how long I'm going to live. That's Yamai. I'm, I'm the measure of my days. I know. I should know when I'm going to die. Right? David asked that he, it should be revealed to him what's going to happen when he would die. Hashem said, "No way." There's a decree that a person's not allowed to know when he's exactly going to die. Let me know my measure of the days. Tell me how long I'm going to live. Hashem said, again, says, "No." I'm not going to tell you. Know me at least um, when it's going to happen. As if Rashi explains, he wants to know what day of the week. So Allah Hashem gave him a response. David HaMalach was told that he was going to die on a Shabbos. He didn't know when, he didn't know which Shabbos, but he knew it was going to be a Shabbos. So David says, no, let me die, let me die after Shabbos. You can't do that because if the time is Shabbos, so it's already the time for Shlomo to be king. One kingship cannot encroach on another's ter- uh, territory, even the amount of a hair. So if it's the time for you to die and Shlomo to take over, then we can't delay this unnecessarily for a day. So David said, okay, so let me die a day early. Almost Shabbos, let me die an Shabbos. It seems that David didn't want to die on Shabbos because it causes... Because um, people can't bury him on Shabbos, right? That's how Allah, he don't bury the mace on Shabbos. So, so it's pain for his body. So he says, okay, so let me die in Arab Shabbos. So I'm a low, he took him, 
one day in your courts is better than a thousand, which means to say, Tov li I prefer a day when you and Amalekh are sitting and learning Torah, over a thousand different Ola offerings that Shlomo is going to bring when there's a base of Mikdash, I prefer one day of your Torah over all the Kabbalists that Shlomo is going to bring. So I don't want to make you die a day early. So you have to die on Shabbos. So now that David learned that he was going to die on Shabbos, every Shabbos, David would make sure to learn Torah the entire day. Because when a person's in the middle of learning, so it protects him from death. Finally came the day, the Shabbos, when he was supposed to die. He wasn't able to get David. Because he wasn't stopping to learn. So the angel of death said, What can I do to this guy? David had like a bunch of trees, a garden behind his house. The angel of death comes, he goes up one of the trees, and, and, and he like grabs it. Um, so it, it, it caught David's attention. There was a noise. David Malach went out to see what's happening. He's going up the stairs. If it's Dargan too, so there was a stair that fell that fell out. It like came out under him. So it, it, so it caused it lost David. David Malach stopped um, mentally learning in that moment. It was distracting to him. He was silent and he died in that moment. So now that David's body, he's dead. On Shabbos so David died. So, Shol, so, so, so Shlomo sees what happened. He sent a message to the yeshiva. My father has died. His body is lying in the sun. The dogs in my father's house are hungry. It seems that, that now, specifically once David died, now, now the dogs were hungry. So he wanted to know, there's two separate childs. Are you allowed to, to move the body on Shabbos? Uh, body is muksa. And are you allowed to feed the dogs on Shabbos? Um, uh, the a carcass or something, or is that muksa? To the, the, is the animal food muksa? So two separate questions. So Masa, what should I do? So Shokol and Ham, they said to him, cut up the carcass, lay before the dogs. In other words, that that's not muksa. Animal food is not muksa. You can't move the body itself because the body is muksa. There's no purpose on Shabbos. So what do you do? Put an item that's not muksa, like a loaf of bread or a child, on the dead body, and then move them together. Because you won't be moving the, the dead body, the muksa item, directly. You'll be moving it indirectly together with the non-muksa item. Later on in the Masechah, we're going to learn that this is only a kula by dead bodies. Other muksa items, you don't necessarily have that kula just to move something that's not muksa with it. But Akhopada moving it, it's considered less of a direct movement of the muksa because of the non-muksa item that's there. So those were the two questions. Can we feed the dogs? And the answer was 100%. The dog food is not muksa. And the dead body was muksa, and they had to come up with some creative solution about how to move it. By the way, this Gemara is a real golden gem that we see that the... Muksa applied was a very, very early Drabanan. It applies all the way in the times of Shlomo HaMalach. It's a very big Chiddush. We'll see when we learn more about Muksa coming up. It seems like it was a much later decree, but it seems that the original origins of Muksa already at least existed in the times of Shlomo HaMalach. So regarding this story, Shlomo, Shlomo didn't, you know, make sense what he said. He said, that the live dog is better than the dead lion because to give the, the, the food for the dogs, that was easy, no problem, give a hatter. But to move up its body, that was a whole complicated thing. Okay, now we go back to the original question. Remember, Rav Tanchum, what was the original question? Are you allowed to put out the candle um, to save somebody's life? When you share the Shinnukalamach, for the question he asked of you, here's the answer. In Hebrew, why do we say that a candle is a candle? Right, obviously, a candle is a candle. But a person's soul is also called a candle. And Hashem is referred to as a candle. So he's answered the question poetically. Isn't it better to put out a candle that was made by a person than to put out a candle that was made by a Baruch So meaning it does make sense 
it is permitted to put out a candle to save a person's life. Now we go back to more about Koalas. Amar of Yehuda. The rabbis wanted to uh, hide it, like to put it in hiding, because that was not to put make it a holy book. One of the Chavdaot said, because they saw a lot of things where there are simple contradictions in the text, and people would not know the answers, and they would be bad. So why didn't they put it away? The beginning of the book is the return, and the end is the return. So, meaning, if the first and the beginning and the end are so powerful words of Torah, so presumably we can work out the Torah throughout the whole book as well. Also, the Torah, the beginning is Torah. What, what, what advantage is there to a person who is working so hard under the sun? What does that mean? It's only under the sun that you don't have anything. But if you have it for what's before the sun, Yeshla, then you have advantage. Because what was created before the sun, Torah. So there's no advantage to working with things that are under the sun, but there is advantage to, li- to, to toiling with things that were there before the sun. And at, that's a reference to toiling in Torah. So for the Torah, the end of Koal talks about Torah. So we see that the whole idea of fearing Hashem, keeping, keeping His commandments, that's the purpose of everything. Kizak kola adam. So, so that sofa is divrei Torah. Now, what does it mean, kizak kola adam? Our melazar kolam kula never elabashvilzad. The whole world was only created for this person, for the person who is Yari Shemayim and does the mitzvahs. Rabbi Ava, Bar Kahana, Amar Shakos Akadavu Kula, that the person who does that is equal to the whole world. Shemayim Azar, Amar Shemayim Azar, Amar even more. The never kolam lazavazad. The whole purpose of the world is to just act out for this person. So, three different ways of expressing the great value of kizak kola adam of seeing the whole world for this person. Wow, what are other examples where things in Kohalas contradict each other? My Devar Sosum says that. What are more examples where things in Kohalas contradict each other? Ksev, don't cast mishok. One Pasik says anger is better than laughter. Ksev, another Pasik it says that for laughter, I said it's very good. Another example, Ksev, it says in the Pasik Shabbat, when it says Simchai, praise joy, Ksev, that joy does nothing. So there are contradictions in Kohelet. So the Gemara says, no, the truth is, it's not contradictions. Better to have moments of anger that Hashem has at the righteous in this world, when the righteous are punished. That's good, because again, it's only a little bit, they need to be punished so that they can have more in the world to come. It's better, from all the laughter that Hashem gives to the wicked people in this world. Hashem showers them with laughter. He gives them such a good life. And really, the whole purpose is just to give it, waste it all up in Olam so that they won't have anything Olam that which I said, the laughter is good. Says This world, the laughter being good, is a reference to an olam haba, the, the the laughter, the happiness that the tzaddikim will enjoy. The second thing, praise joy. That means the joy of a, of a mitzvah. But the pasuk that says that joy is worthless. Whenever it's a joy that's nothing to do with the mitzvah, then it's worthless. Shechina doesn't come from someone who's sad. Not with too much rosh, Not with lightheadedness. Not with wasting words. Not with wasteless things. What brings about the shechina? Comes about through joy. It comes about through a mitzvah. That's what brings the shechina. Shneva says this by Elisha. Elisha was trying to get the ruach hakodesh, and he said, "Bring for me like the, someone who plays music." And it happened when the, when the when the music was playing. That's when it came to Elisha. So we see they were trying to get um, the Simcha, the Simcha specifically. And as the Gemara is saying, that it's meant to be a Simcha Shal Mitzvah. 
the Gemara continues with this tangent, so too whenever a person is learning Torah, it's very important to have um, a good mood. For a good dream. If you want to have a good dream, then you should go to sleep happy. Says the Gemara, whatever, in front of his master, and his lips aren't sitting there with fear. He's going to be burned by Gehenna. His lips are compared to roses. And so the Pasuk says, So Pasha Pshad is this dripping like a, a beautiful spice. Alta Krang, Mar Over, don't read it as a spice. Ella, Ella Mar Over, means passing bitterness. Alta Krishnam, don't read Shishanam, Ella Shishonim, when they're learning. So here we see that you should have, be very afraid when you're learning Torah, not happy. It's not that you should be in a good, light mood when you're learning Torah, but you should be very afraid when you're learning Torah. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, Lokasha, it's not a question. Ha, Baraba. One is talking about the teacher, Hava Talmud. One is talking about the student. So what does that mean? The student should be sitting there in total awe. But the teacher who's teaching should be teaching in a good mood, in a lighted way. Uh, both are talking about the master. One's before he starts. One is after he teaches, after he already starts. Meaning he should open with something light. He should open with something light. But, but, but after he already starts, in the middle of the class, then it should be it should be um, very intense, very serious. Before he would start talking to students, he would start off with something like a joke. Everyone would laugh, he would, everyone would be in a good mood to learn. But then once he started, the he would sit with a lot of fear and start teaching, um, start teaching the lesson. So once we talk about Kohelas, now the Gemara talks about Mishlev. After Mishlev, they also wanted to hide Sefer of Mishlev. Because those in Mishle also think contradict each other. Why did they hide it? Amri, they said, When we looked into Kohelas, we were able to find that it wasn't really a problem. Let's look more carefully in, in Mishle, and we'll see that the contradictions can be answered. What did, what, what did we find in Mishle? What did we find? Things that contradict in Mishle. It says, Don't answer a fool. That you should answer a fool. So which one is it? Do we respond to fools or not? So if it's about Torah, you always respond. But when regarding other things, you don't respond to fools. So now the Mark gives us examples. Your wife's my wife. Your children are my children. So you want to have a cup of wine? Trust me, you drink a cup of wine. He Died on the spot. Who does also come to Rebbe? So in others, we see Rebbe didn't respond to these ridiculous things. Who the puzzle come to Rebbe? Someone came in front of Rebbe. Amalei, Imcha Ishi, your mother is my wife. Atamini, you're actually my son. So Amalei, Rebbe said to Rebbe, "Sochos Tishah Koshiyan, you want to have a cup of wine?" Shalso Paka, person drank the cup of wine and he died on the spot. Amar Rebbe, Ani Leitzel says Rebbe. Rebbe had a tefillah that actually helped him out. Olu Shabim Mamzerim, his children were ordered to be Mamzerim, right? Because that's what the guy was claiming that they were illegitimate. What what did Rebbe's what was Rebbe's tefillah that saved him? Rebbe came a Rebbe when he would daven. Amar he would say in davening, So what's Azis Panim? People are very say very brave in things. So it's like something like that where someone was coming along and accusing the kids of being lamzerim. So I should be saved from that. And in fact he was. But the um, so now that the Gemara wants to know what's an example of Torah that we're supposed to answer the fool. But the Torah, my what's an example of Torah? That we do answer the fool. Was one sinning? He was he was darshing. Hasida isha shetele b'chol yom. Mashiach comes. A woman's going to have a new child every day. Shenamar harvi lotus yachta. 
Uh, so you expound that to mean that you're going to have a new kid every day. Little of us with Talmud was a student who was laughing about this. And he said, what do you mean? Nothing's new ever is ever going to happen. So, so there's no concept like that in this world now of people giving birth every day. So how could it be that in the time of Mashiach there's ever going to be such a thing? So I'm a lover. Gamliel said to him, I will show an example of something like this even before Mashiach comes. He showed him the, uh, a female chicken that lays a new egg every day. So, so too, if that can happen, then women will have children every day. Mashiach comes, trees will give, just give new fruits every day. Just as trees are always making new growths, new branches every day, eventually there will be fruit every day. Again, this, the student is laughing for Amr. He says, I'll show you an example of this in this world. He shows him the tzlaf. The tzlaf. Remember, remember this from Brachos. The tzlaf, the caper bush, is all the different things, fruits, the shoots, flowers, all these different things that it's always producing. So that's an example. The tzlaf is an example of the spiritual bush, uh, the caper bush. It's not asking for make or hadama. Try to remember brachos for that. But the uh, the caper bush is an example of some glimpse of something producing fruit every single day. When Mashiach comes, Eretz Yisrael is going to bring uh, the the soil will just produce a bread. So you want something wheat? You have to grind and this and that. They'll produce uh, rolls and clothes. Clothes will go. Shnemar ye pisas bar over. Pisas bar. So that's what we're explaining. We're expounding it to mean pisas bar, a piece of, like 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 the grain that's going to be flattened out like a palm and. Um, and, and it can mean that it's going to produce clothing. So again, the same thing. The show you something, a glimpse of something like this in the world now. He showed him mushrooms, truffles, like things that grow so quickly over a night, and it looks like a roll. So, 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 he showed him for wolves, he showed him like the inside of like the young palm hearts. Of uh, the hearts of palm that can kind of be like looking like clothing that grows. So there's a glimpse of it before Mashiach comes. So so don't be so surprised. And I'm telling you, also level, it could be true that there will be actual um, rolls that grow together with clothing coming out of the ground.